It's 21 minutes long, 16 seconds, 21, 16. Yes. Yeah, that's the one, and that's the one we're going to be watching after um, the first part of our recorded show. Um, let me just record the intro and everything, and we can jump right into the conversation. Um, yeah, so... No problem, yeah, take... So, yeah, greetings everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. I am Rumors of Instinct, and you are listening to the Rumors of Instinct podcast. Today, I am very, very happy to be bringing to you guys, once again, a returning guest of honor, Tara Ponder. Hi, everyone. Don't don't be shy. Don't be shy. Exactly. So, uh, previously... She was on. She was a guest when we spoke about the Elisa Lam case, the very mysterious poltergeist case, and at large the uh, subject of the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, that was yeah creepy. No, no, it was actually uh, one of my favorite episodes. Having having recorded, you know, eighty plus episodes now, that's. This is also one of my favorite subjects. That was one of my favorite episodes to record. You know, yeah, yeah. and and I love speaking about the supernatural. I love speaking about ghosts. I love speaking about spirits. Um, the, the, The paranormal and the occult in that aspect of communication with the great beyond, you know, the afterlife. Um... Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, a lot of encounters with, with ghosts are considered, you know, so fantastic that they never happen to regular people. But I have had a lot of personal experience with hauntings, with, uh, poltergeists in, in houses, in several different properties. And... Absolutely believe in ghosts. I'm 100% convinced that they are real, and yeah. that the evidence is it, the evidence that it exists is legit. Uh, I, and I know that you have experience with hauntings as well. Yes, a lot actually, <laughs> more than I'd like. Well, so. I think. This would be a great platform to kind of share both of our experiences. And um, as I've heard it before, with ghosts, 
the best thing to do is to talk about it. I don't know why, but every ghost encounter or haunting always inevitably ends up as a story. Like, yeah. like if yeah. you think about it, no one just suffers a haunting and doesn't tell anyone about it. It always becomes something like a legend or like a story. Um, like, I'm not going to say I haven't spoken about this before. I, I'm actually very open about my hauntings and my, my ghost experiences. And, yeah. you know, I just wanted to thank you for being open with, with me about yours. Actually... Yeah, actually, I'm not really open with this one I want to share today, so this is, like, the first time I'm going to share it. It's, like, a story that, like, I've never shared with anyone. I think that's amazing, and I'm really, really happy for that privilege to be hearing this story and to be recording it uh, for my audience out there in Dreamland, uh, listening to the Rumors of Instinct podcast. Now, is there any social media you would like to advertise beforehand? Any projects you would like to advertise? Yeah, I would actually. Um, my YouTube channel is still on hiatus. Uh, working on that. But you can check it out. It's Moody Uni. That's the Moody Uni, actually. But I have a Instagram, the Lamoon Child. L.A. underscore moon underscore child. So, the moon child. That's my Instagram. And I'm an actress. I have one IMDb film credit. You can check that out. And that's it. Right now, I have new projects going on just in school. And uh, working on my plan B because acting's not doing so hot. Well, don't write it out too too soon because, you know, I think we all get a chance to live our dreams. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think it's important to also remember that you can have a real career, a real job, you know, in, yeah. in both. After moving to- Thank you so Be- much. Well, because exactly like I was going to say that acting and performing is a passion project of yours. Yeah, it is. I definitely like to perform, and I like to make people laugh, I like to entertain. I always think it's it's weird when people are kind of ashamed and sheepish to speak about their day jobs. You know, like, we all have day jobs. We all have to pay the bills. We all have to keep the lights on. Right. You know, I'm not making a dime from this podcast as much as I would like. Um, I think as many patrons I've ever had was three or four at one time and they all rotate and they shift you know and it, it, exactly like there have been months where I haven't made a single cent on this on this effort but it's a passion project and yeah. if people ask what do I do I always answer you know I'm a creator I, I create content you know digital uh, media on YouTube, on, on podcasts, you know, and it's not, I don't tell them my day job because that's not, that's something I have to do. It's not something I would want to do. Wow. I think I'm going to start doing that too. That's really like a good idea. That's kind of like speaking it into existence. Like, you know, I mean, that's what you are. You're a creator, but like 
you know, maybe this will be like the main thing. Well, if you were a musician, I mean, every musician has to have years and years of paying their dues of playing free gigs and open mics and things and, and finding bands and getting out of bands and things. And they never once kind of, even though like the bands change and the music they're playing might change and, and they may themselves may give up after having never really achieved any kind of success, they will always call themselves musicians. That's true, you're right. That's actually true. They wouldn't do that now. I, you know, I never, you know, I'll, I'll usually tell people, this is what I do, you know. But I'm really an actress, that's what I am, you know, like I'm a performer. So that's what I am, everyone. I think, um, that subject of life and, and that emotional kind of content of life that comes with our attachment to our jobs to our professions, to our reputations to our interests, our passions you know, our friends our relationships, our homes, you know, the locations that we live in um current events, that emotional I don't know, reality behind it really goes into the fabric of ghosts, the fabric of the spiritual world, the understanding and the concept of ghosts. I think that, you know, to kind of tie it into like a relevant way, that it's very telling that when ghosts are seen, they're wearing the clothes of the era they lived in. Okay, yeah. Which, when you think about it, is both very absurd and at the same time very poetic. Yeah. That the idea of a ghost is kind of like permanence. It's like just like a picture in time, like yeah. It's like a permanence of something that's not really there anymore. You know, like the the ideas of a ghost really was there at one point but is not there any longer but in a way can never leave like is always this haunting this idea of hauntings the it's the idea of the haunting i think is important for the ghost and the location the witness of the ghost you know is is just the one bringing attention to it or just the one being able to see it, being able right. to observe it. There's always this notion of communication between the observer of a ghost mm-hmm. and the ghost. I've never been able to communicate. Well, how do your sightings occur? How do your hauntings play out typically? Just like randomly, just it's really random. I really can't. No, no, really try. Take your time. Take your time. Try your best to kind of put to words. If you need uh, a few moments, um, I can kind of tell you mine. But I hope okay. they don't like really influence your your tale at all. But exactly, take the time to to put into words. You know. A specific events that that really occurred that when you saw, 
You know, you don't have to embellish it or try to... Ex I understand it's difficult to express. But just realistically, the things that happened... Um, things well, that happened in my house are... It feels like someone touches you. Okay. Sometimes. And it's weird. They say that. Out loud. But sometimes when you'll be in the kitchen alone... It feels like someone kind of grabs you on the shoulder. Okay. Or someone, like, walks past you. Or someone reaches out and touches your forearm. And it's never been something like a, a shove. Sometimes I think I've had things knocked out of my hands before. Oh, wow. I'm pretty convinced that happens. But I'm pre also pretty sure that's just, in a way... This ghost that currently lives in my house is attempt to kind of communicate that it's still there. Oh wow! At the cost of a few dishes. <laughs> you know. That reminds me of ghost. <laughs> well, exactly. Like you know, like that is one of those is strangely universal things about ghosts. Is is they can they can break dishes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they can all break dishes. It's it's dishware is also something that unites and brings together people because they have to share dishes. Everyone has to eat from them. Everyone has to clean them. Yeah. You know. So you think it goes relates to us in the kitchen. I think that I think that's not something that should be oversighted. Is uh, well, living rooms come and go, mm -hmm. bedrooms change hands, but bedrooms are also like kitchens in that they're very, they're usually very haunted. Ghosts are typically seen in bedrooms or kitchens. You rarely ever hear about a haunted bathroom. No, you don't actually. And your case involves a bedroom. Oh, yeah, it does. And the story that I never told anyone actually is in a living room and a kitchen stairwell. Stairwell? Yeah, a stairway, I guess. Like... That's why I was kind of, I picked up on it. Stairways are very, very, um, Symbolic. Yikes. Yeah. But I would definitely like to hear your story. Okay. So don't think I'm just kind of like jumping in the spotlight to tell mine. Uh, my stories, I can tell you when they began. Um, the first ghosts I remember seeing were there was a old woman that I would always see walking around the corner of the house to well we keep our garbage to and it's it's hard to explain it like there's a large window in our uh -huh. living room that okay. that is is where you can see the driveway right and you can clearly see where the trash cans are it the window covers up the majority of the wall that it's in Right, it's one of those floor-to-ceiling windows that were, like, really fashionable, right? 
and um, we typically have our blind. We have heavy blinds that heavy curtains, but you can typically see through the curtains, you know, in the gaps, or you can typically see through the curtains on a sunny day, and see outside. The curtains are like a two-way, like a one-way mirror. Like you can't see from the outside, but you can see from the inside outside. Now, this was back then in the 90s when I was about, you know, still at four to, you know, ten years old. Uh -huh. And I would be in the living room and I would occasionally be looking out the window and see this older woman walking in our driveway from the front door to where the trash cans were. And that, and that was no one in our house. How did she look? Yeah, like, like a gentle, short-haired, short gray hair. You know, typically wearing just like a blue blue shirt. You know, so, but to see it in motion. How was her body, like, how was the position of her hand? Like, how was she walking? Was, there, was she walking with her hands behind her back? Because a lot of old people walk with their hands... To be honest, it was always in this rushed kind of fashion, and it always kind of looked like to me as if though she was on her way to throw out the garbage. Like just, you know, like if someone is hurriedly walking to throw away the garbage. Now, that's, that's how I've kind of made sense of it, but that was my earliest sightings of ghosts. Um, since then, obviously, even putting a lot together, we've had everything from the front door open by itself. That wasn't a common occurrence. We've had everything from um, touching in the kitchen. The the this is what's happening currently is there's a touching in the kitchen, a weird presence like you never really quite feel alone in some of the rooms. Okay, yeah, I got that. Odd yeah. stuff like that, and then there's also um, one really strange case. Of haunting that I remember in this house that I'm currently living in. The house that I grew up in. You know, so I'm fortunate enough to be, you know, in one house for a long enough period of time that way. But this was actually a few years ago, around 2015. I was sleeping with my girlfriend at the time. We were in our bed. She got up to go to the bathroom. It was in the middle of the night. I got up to get, you know, a drink and some food in our kitchen. And upon coming back to the bedroom, the lights are off, right? Except for the bathroom light that we can see down the hall and everything. I get into my room and I think I... And this is... <laughs> I still kind of am now kind of like taken back by saying it out loud how crazy this fucking looked. Oh, man. I am 100% certain that I saw... Somebody in the bed, and that I. Someone in your bed? Well, like I thought it was Kayla, my girlfriend at the time, who was yeah. in, who had already just gotten back into the covers, right? And I saw the shape, and outline, oh, of a person. Like you, like you know how weird, that 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 felt exactly like, I saw. The clear outline of a person in the bed. I have, I turned 18 in 2005, uh -huh. and I immediately went to college, and I lived in a dorm, and I have 
been sexually active and in relationships since 2005, like, like consistently. And so I have seen people in beds, you know, I, un I know what a person under the covers looks like, Yeah. you know, so this was not, like, I'm saying in my mind, I am trying hard to, to like, at one point where I was like, this was mistaken identity, this was not mistaken identity, I saw someone under the covers, and I jumped into bed thinking that it was Kayla, and no one was in the bed. No, and exactly. And I just kind of stunned. And then she comes into the room. Like that was. That was a trip. So. You're like freaked out, huh? Did she say, oh, well, look at your date. Was your face like. Yeah, like, I, I, right now, I, I, I'm pretty sure I look like that. Because I'm not remembering it. And it was an odd point of the, now that was the weirdest experience, and that's even weirder than being touched by a phantom because um, that happens a lot. Where you know that happens, that's happened dozens of times. But this one occurrence, this one singular occurrence leaves me kind of speechless. Kind of makes me, like... Kind of gives me chills a little bit, too. Well, thank you for, for understanding and for, um... kind of being able to take the ride with me about that. Because that, that... Now that I'm saying it out loud, is is kind of... Where I'm like, wow. Like, that was... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so did you find yourself having to like question it? Like, was I was I tripping out or what? Well, or it was it, it was odd at the time because I exactly like well, wanted I wanted to write it off as something that didn't happen, but because I I had that reaction. Yeah. And that's why I said it's always odd when you really think about what it means to see a ghost. Because when you see a ghost, you can't deny it to yourself. Right. You don't have to tell anyone else about it. But typically you do. Because you're questioning reality and you need that confirmation bias. Even if you only tell one person, you kind of do have to tell someone else that you saw this ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like human nature. Exactly. There has to be some kind of like agreement. And that's like I think, the the there's a horror to ghosts. Obviously, horror movies love ghosts. Horror movies have used hauntings and ghost stories to like scare the scare people, scare teenagers for years. But there's like uh, more of a mystery and like absolute strangeness about ghosts. I love American Horror Story, like, season one. I love their depiction of ghosts. I like season one, too. I thought it was a little too much, like, Beetlejuice, in a way, that, like, uh, the ghost couldn't leave the building. Oh, yeah. And they tried to scare the people who were living in the building. 
I definitely didn't like, yeah. And I was like, this is like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> so Tate was Beetlejuice. <laughs> well, the, um, the, an, the, the, infanta, the Infanta or whatever the hell, the Infanta. The baby, oh, the baby that oh, ate people. Yeah. That thing, that, that was Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, no, man. the leather man was Beetlejuice. And, and, wow. Beetlejuice so was really the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I wish I had Beetlejuice in my house. Just kidding. <laughs> Not really. No, that's a that's a weird ghost movie in itself because it's more like demons at that point. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's really he says the ghost with the most, but at that point he's more like some kind of fucked up demon. <laughs> yeah, he is. You're like, <laughs> Because you're like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Who was he before he died? If everyone basically is the same person they were before they died. Yeah. Like, you know, like, the the couple is still the couple. Like, the the beauty queen is still a beauty queen. Like, they never change. Yeah. They just... So who the hell was Beetlejuice before he died? It's the ghost with the most... Like but was he, he just some guy who acted like that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what was his backstory? He's a pervert, you know. Was he just... Exactly. Like, I don't understand the rules behind his name. Like, I get that it makes a lot of sense in a movie to be like, oh, you can't say his name three times. And you're like, well, no other ghost has that rule. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's probably from well, that's uh, Beetlejuice is the name of a star, and I think that's also a strange thing that that shot that not giant up. Um, the Tim Burton yeah. was like, I'm gonna make a ghost movie about saying a ghost's name three times, and I'm gonna name the movie the ghost's name. And you're like, what's the ghost's name? Something scary. He's like Beetlejuice, and it's like, that's stupid, Tim. <laughs> that's stupid, Tim. And they even make a point of just how, like, they make a visual pun where it's like a bug <laughs> drinking orange juice. You know, like, that's yeah. something. They make a point of drawing attention to just how dumb the name is. Beetlejuice. It, it sounds. It just it sounds like death, kind of like. Everything to do with death, like. Yeah, he's like Rumpelstiltskin. It's like a modern day Rumpelstiltskin. You know, I I'm, I might be a little, uh, I, I really don't know what Rumble still skin. I know that's a fairy okay. tale. Okay, let, let me illuminate you. Okay. <laughs> let me illuminate, okay, so quickly, without drawing too much attention away or going on too much of a tangent, the Rumble still skin rabbit hole. Um, okay. It's a fairy tale in which a... I don't know, some princess or something has to is given a bunch of tasks if she wants to marry the prince. It's like a reversal at that point where the prince has to do something for the the girl. The girl has to do something for the prince. She's got to, like, um, loom a bunch of hay into gold, and it's an impossible task. So she calls upon this supernatural figure, like Beetlejuice, but or the devil, um, but the devil's name is Rumpelstiltskin. She doesn't know the name, right? So this guy shows up. He's like a leprechaun, and he's like, "Hey, I can do this for you. I can, I can make it into gold." Um, 
you gotta like give me your firstborn child or something. And she's like, okay, cool. And because she's gonna trick him later, right? She's like, fuck this guy, I'm gonna like fuck him over. And then like, um, so he does it for her, and it takes him a couple of nights to do it. And you know, the story is her figuring out his name. Because if she says his name, it breaks the deal. And the way I've heard it is that he's, like, taunting her the entire time. So he's kind of like an asshole. He's asking for it, right? He's like, you'll never figure out my name. No one knows my name. And type thing. And and then he's, she's like, yeah, you're the only... Like, you'll have a name that no one else has, right? And he's all like, yeah, like my, I'm the only one ever with my name. And she's like, Rubble Stillskin. And he's like, wow. motherfucker. <laughs> she that out. Exactly. She she, that it's out? just one of those stories where the girl, you know, busts mm-hmm. out some fucking like mm-hmm. like that's what I'm saying. She's like it's it's kind of like a Mary Sue where the girl just like is is untouchable and from reproach and she just like walks away like a badass. Mm-hmm. Guess she gets this she basically cons the devil to like do this impossible thing to get some dick. And and she does it like that's just the moral of the story. Wow! Is that so boss funny. babe energy? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just a story of the, the moral of the story is like this femdom story ultimately. <laughs> but that's wow. the story of Rumpelstiltskin. It's the same thing of Beetlejuice. It's a guy who these people make a deal with. Um, Winona Ryder's character could be that girl in the fairy tale. Because remember how she's like, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And then he's like, okay, now you gotta marry me. And she's all like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, that's like a a big part of the movie, right? That's like the whole third act. And she's like in the wedding dress, you know, and he's all like... (laughs) That's alright. That is like, wow. I never, I never knew that like that that, uh, fairy tale before. Thanks for filling me in. Most things are fairy tales. (laughs) Just by the nature of fairy tales, uh, fairy tales cover a, a very broad range of subjects, and yeah. most stories are derivatives of ancient fairy tales. They're symbolic to certain things, huh? Much like ghost stories. Yeah. And I th- and I think that's a really uh, interesting kind of segue back into the conversation of ghosts is that, like fairy tales like encounters with the supernatural we speak about ghosts the same way that our ancestors did and the same way that people have done forever and America is a very haunted place oh definitely yeah well without like a minute you know passing you know have you decided to um, how are you gonna like you know explain your ghost sightings? Oh yeah, just lay it on I, us. Yeah, just 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 walk us through it. Lay it on us. Oh man, we're gonna start back when I was in Las Vegas. That was my first uh, actual ghost sighting. I was sixteen, and I my uh, my papa had gave us this like cardboard widget board. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't think much of it, but I always heard that those things are, like, the real deal. 
So I messed with it, messed around with it, thinking it was like nothing. And so I just kind of tossed it away in the, just in the, some closet or whatever. And then I remember taking it out again and using it again and throwing it away because it was like making me mad because nothing was happening. It was only cardboard. It wasn't an actual wooden board. So then after that, I think maybe like, like some hours after that, I was downstairs. So it was kind of dim, like there was a dim light in the in the living room. So we had like our living room, our staircase was facing. It was like a little square box, but we had like a staircase, and then to the left was like this dark hallway that led to like a den, and then there's like this living room and then I was sitting in the kitchen facing the staircase and and then anyways so I was sitting down in the kitchen I don't know what I was doing maybe like eating or something and then I heard someone coming down the stairs and then I was like okay someone's coming down the stairs probably my mom or my sister I don't know so I was preparing to 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 greet either one of them I don't know who was going to come down but anyways I turned around, I like turned to my right, staircase is on the right side, and like no one came down the staircase. And I was like, I know I heard someone coming down the staircase. Like, and so then I was like, okay, that's weird. So I just still, I don't know why, but I kept my eyes focused in that direction. And then all of a sudden, like, I just seen like legs appear, and they were really tall legs. They weren't normal size legs, they were like malnourished, skinny, like legs that, you know, people who, are not able to use their legs anymore who are paralyzed like legs like that and it was just like really like scary and tall and they were like just walking very slow into the darkness of the den and i just just like kind of like paralyzed by like holy okay that's, that's a holy shit moment right there <laughs> yeah so I didn't know what to do. I was just like, okay, do I go in there after it? Do I follow it? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so the legs were like, I want to say the legs were about my height, and I'm 5'3". So. That is fucking... So you think this was like a giant or just like a Maybe. shadow person? Maybe. Because sound, I've heard shadow people can be quite tall. Yeah. That sounds yeah. crazy. Holy shit. 5'3", yeah. um, the legs would be 5'3", so that means that the torso would approximately be about as tall as the legs. We're talking about 10 foot there. 10 to 11 foot. Here, let's, let's take it down. How about like... Four eleven. That's still very tall. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's double the legs, that's like... Yeah. yeah. Tall legs, man. Tall legs. And all I saw was legs, and it was very scary. And I kind of feel like, whoa. Like, I never wanted to talk about it, but I'm going to say this. I don't know what I was watching, but I had watched this. I was watching this... Um, and I can't even really give you exactly the video, but it was something about, like, aliens from different planets. And this one alien is like really really tall like super tall on this one planet because his surface is like he has to have tall legs for his environment or whatever and so i was like oh man that's the first time i heard about something with just tall legs 
like just tall legs, but like everything else is like regular. But just the legs are tall. I don't know. That that's 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 something that's so but he hey, like that stork? yeah. It's pretty creepy. So you think he was like a stork? Uh no. It was I felt like it was a humanoid ish. But I mean, like, like you, you felt like the shape would have been like a stork, where it's like super long legs holding up like a body, like like a kind of a relatively shorter and smaller body. Well, that's what the yeah, I guess the documentary or whatever I was watching said that's, the alien that's had. No, I've I've also heard about that. Okay, so that kind of brings up the question about whether we're seeing ghosts or demons. Oh crap. Because that sounds kind of demonic. Okay. Man. That, well, yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't, yeah. I'm saying, that doesn't sound like you saw, like, you know, a deceased person. That sounds like you saw a monster. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 from Death Note. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That, that, that goes into, like, fucking way freakier territory than kind of seeing like someone who's just like a regular person who just lived like 60 years before you and happened to be dead <laughs> like yeah. no no misfortune of his own that's just how the game works no <laughs> one lives forever exactly you, you live you have your moment and then sunrise sunset that's right. what I say there's one experience which is seeing like or encountering a being out of time like exactly like the idea of communicating through the through the moments. Yeah. That sounds crazy, though. Like, that sounds kind of like what we're going to be talking about later with the Jackie Hernandez case. Keep, no, keep oh. that in mind. I actually think it's really important because I think that some of what you've told me already about what happened reminds me of the Jackie Hernandez case, which is why I wanted to... Um, talk about it with you, because I want to see what your opinion of it is, ha having kind of gone through it, or gone through similar experiences, being hauntings in California. Yeah, California is pretty, pretty strange, I'll tell you that. Now, do you uh, want to talk about what you said happened with your snow globes? Oh yeah, oh definitely, oh man. So there's a long list of paranormal happenings in my family, and but I'll tell you about my snow globe. Um, man, I was like, every time I'm like, every time I wake up in the morning, there's always that my um, I have a whole bunch of snow globes lined up, and they play music, and one of them is my Nightmare Before Christmas snow globe, and it's the one that's closest to me because I thought it was the coolest, and I like the song, and so. That one always oh, ends up saying, uh, ding, ding, ding. It's like the Sally song, but it's in the little... Oh, the Sally ding, song. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, that's ding. a good one. I like the uh, Kidnapping Santa Claus song. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, yeah, kidnapping I know that Santa one. Kidnapping Santa Claus, throw up in a box. Lock <laughs> him up for something, something, see, yeah, something. Yeah, talk. Yeah, it, it's so catchy. I really do love that soundtrack. I listen to it just cause, and you just cause. But. As do I. Well, that's a weird cultural artifact, and I don't know why it strikes such a chord with so many people. Yeah, I love Halloween. It's... 
I actually have broken down the fact that the only holiday I celebrate or deem worthy of celebration is Halloween. And I believe most seasons in America are basically Halloween in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Like, we only make a break for Christmas. And even then, there are Christmas-themed horror movies. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. Like, that's all I was saying, like, there is a scary version of Christmas oh, <laughs> available yeah. for those that still want Halloween year-round. That's true. And, like, I mean, look at that. Look at it. Nightmare Before Christmas. Tackles that. We, exactly. Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, but horror movies also tend to really come out around um, Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And that's, like, a big thing with, like, um, Invisible Man came out this last year. Yeah, that, that was, was a really good year. one. Uh, yeah. or, or before 2020. Um, it, it, the summer has its own odd, um, like, horror vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't think it does, look at all the Shark Tech movies. Yeah. That's the thing, like, we're obsessed with this idea of, like, um, terror. I think because we're all dark. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, I think that it kind of manifests in these expressions of, like, seasonal, just seasonal different Halloweens. Like, there, there's spring Halloween, there's summer Halloween, there's winter Halloween, you know, fall Halloween, it's just basically Halloween. <laughs> That's just yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for fall again. It's the best. But I also think it's because America is a haunted place. And Halloween itself, the reason I bring that up, Sam Hain is the thinning of the veil between yeah. this world and the great beyond. And Sam Hain? Sam Hain. That's a new name for me. Sam Hain is the Celtic name for Halloween. Oh, wow. I have no idea how it became Halloween. <laughs> I have I no know. idea where we got that name from, but it's Sam Hain, which is the the what people, scholars, have traced back for the carving of jack-o'-lanterns, the wearing of masks, the going to neighbor to neighbor and and, and kind of visiting them. With the idea of being given candy. Oh, yeah. Like, trick or treat. Like, that. I love that. I, cool. it, it obviously was much more hardcore back then. Like, if you didn't give them, like, you know, uh, I don't know, pie or something, they'd burn down your house. So, okay. So, for Sam Hain, like, they had those. Sam Hain, the guy said, hey, I want everyone to give, you know, candy and, like, dress up. That's what he just, like, made the holiday because he wanted to make the holiday after himself, or... No, no, no. Sam Hain is is Celtic, and they didn't speak English. They spoke, like, a different language. Like, okay. Gaelic is his own weird language. It's... English is Anglo-Saxon, obviously, you know, derivative-wise. But even ancient English is nine a different language it's basically a different language um like just the the, everything is different so like the pronunciation and the letters so sam hain somehow meant um the the what is it i don't i don't want to say it the fire 
something okay. about the fires. But basically, it represented a night where the dead walked on Earth. Oh, man. And they would cr- make jack-o'-lanterns to scare the spirits away from their porches. And they'd wear masks and costumes of monsters so that the Just ghosts would kind of think, like, exactly, the ghosts would be scared back. <laughs> or the ghosts wouldn't think that they were humans. And the reason why children were encouraged to wear the most costumes is because they were the most vulnerable to ghost kidnappings, I guess. <laughs> you know? Oh, and so your children, instead of being afraid of the one night where the fucking dead are walking back with the living, um, get to get to just kind of assume everyone's wearing a costume, get to kind of participate, and then you know, revel, and they would take them door to door. Or, I, I don't really know exactly if the, the trick-or-treat tradition was um, exactly like ours, where children go door to door for candy, but it was where people just kind of showed up at your house and demanded to party. And oh. if you weren't nice to them, would just kind of like fuck up your house. Oh. Like, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> like, that was a thing back then, but that's the same thing now. That if oh, you're man. if you're rude on Halloween, people will egg your house. You're, it was back in the golden days. Nowadays, we don't even celebrate Halloween. Yeah, lazy Halloween bastards! Be... <laughs> lazy bastards! <laughs> well, Halloween should be celebrated. If I say being an adult man who takes the time to dress like Dracula is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, Halloween, Halloween is every day for me. It is for a lot of people. Now I'm yeah. saying like that's the whole goth subculture, and and for many people, basically anyone who moves to Salem, you know, I would I would agree with you too that that for many people Halloween is a state of mind that um, you know you either get or you don't. And I think the majority of Americans get. I do not think it's a minority thing. I don't think it's divided by racial lines. I don't think it's divided by class lines. I think it's one of the very rare things that everyone can kind of either get. Yeah. Or at least understand that it's like a reality that that Americans love um, supernatural and we love ghosts. Yeah, like the unknown. Well, America's a haunted house. It's, a, it's built on Indian burial ground. And so I think a lot of people can relate with ghost sightings. Like, people can argue about the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. People can argue about aliens. Um, but ghosts seem to be a common ground. And... The success of things like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, my favorite ghost hunting program, uh, Ghost yeah. Adventures, running for 15 years solid. Oh man, they're doing something right. Like <laughs> They're finding ghosts. They provide excellent evidence. And they treat the people who see ghosts with respect. That's good. 
I think that's a winning formula because that's kind of what I'm kind of going to try to get across is that if you really just took a snapshot of America, we're not alone in seeing these things. And a lot of people have stories like this to share. Yes, like I know I do. So, yes, uh, continue with your story of the snow globes. Oh, yeah, so the, the song always plays, like, it'll play, when I, it'll play, like, every morning or at night. And I, I wanted to kind of, like, write down the times that I play so that way I can kind of, because I believe, you know, this universe moves in a pattern and maybe the ghosts move in a pattern too. Maybe they're trying to, like, give me some kind of, like, what is that, what is that code, like, Morse code? Oh, like, uh, some kind of, like, synchronicity? Or, like, like... Yeah, like binary something. code? Yeah, some kind of code that they're trying to contact me. You're just trying to reach out to me. Like, interstellar, kind of. Because, like, you yeah. know, maybe, you know, like... She probably thought that was a ghost who probably pushed her yeah. pencil down, but it was her dad. No, that's absolutely the case. I, I was joking earlier about plates... Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's absolutely, you know, true is that um, what you think is someone knocking a plate down is really someone trying to communicate you from, like, communicate with you. Right. Yeah. That's true. But go and on, so, yeah. like, that's um, what I think. So, their snow globes would ring, you know, it would go, the snow globe will go off in the morning at night and so this la- it has been going off ever since the last time I posted it on IG and I don't remember when that was I gotta go back to my archives but that was what I think early this month that was the last time I recorded it and that was the last time it actually went off and you know it played the song and not only did it just play the song but it somehow some kind of energy destroyed that snow globe I don't know but it's like the water just like there's no more water in that snow globe at all um, it's just, it plays music, but it's like, she basically broke out of the, Sally broke out of the snow globe, man. It's crazy. Because the snow globe's opened up. It's like, it's somehow throughout me having it in, since the, I got it on Halloween of 2016, and... Wait, you got it on Halloween? Yeah. Well, that has something to do with it, I think. That's an important but, detail. We but, just went through talking about Halloween. I think that snow globe's an important detail. But I don't think you... But it, it wasn't on Halloween day. It was like Halloween month, like in October. Like some sometime around that time. That's close enough. But yeah. That's, that's more appropriate than, than not. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. I don't know. So that's my... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard any... I haven't heard... You know, the song come on ever since the last time I posted it, and that was maybe, like, some weeks ago, like, four weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. That is intense. And you said that the, you didn't see anything. There was no visual apparition this time. It was just kinetic or, like, snow globe possession, like it was, like, a Dybbuk box. Pretty much, yeah. You you mentioned Sally before, so it was like the snow globe was possessed. It wasn't like the ghost was interfering with the snow globe from outside. It was like the snow globe was 
was like this ghost's like right. uh, magic lamp, kind of. Yeah, because so how my snow globe set up, you know, Sally's sitting down and she's just in the snow globe and it's all about her and she's just like sitting down and like looking sad. Oh, and that's right. And it is. Okay, so how do I explain this? Um, do you think it was the, the the ghost of Sally? That would be cool. Do you, sure. do you think it was like a tulpa? What is that? Okay, so when you imagine something or believe in something so much that it actually becomes real, oh wow, you have made a tulpa. Oh, a tulpa spelled T U L P A is. A really old concept in Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism specifically and they believe that the Buddhists the Dalai Lamas and stuff like that can actually create entire people oh, wow. by simply imagining them to be real you know I, I think okay I think I know what you're talking about exactly that's so cool. Like, well, I, well, there's this theory called thought theory, and my friend told me about that. I was like, like whatever you could think of, whatever was ever thought of or imagined is real. But it's different than what you're saying. But it's kind of the same thing. But no, it's, yeah, it's cool. kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's this idea that, like you said before, like you speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the whole like you know, you say you say what you want to do rather than. What you know, you're forced to do, you don't want to do, right? Yeah, uh, because you want to speak it into existence, you want to manifest it. You know, like first it's a as it's a thought, first it's an idea, then it's an action. Uh huh. Um, do you think that that was a case of animism that that this snow globe was animating based on the meme? Of Sally from um, Nightmare Before Christmas. That would be cool. I I think so because you know what I have to say, it was never like a scary feeling I felt because well, okay, when I think of Sally, like I don't think of her as like anything like anyone uh, or she's she doesn't have like a scary vibe. Her vibe is like really just peaceful. She just kind of is like a a really nice lady. If you ask me. And and so when I when I would hear that snow globe go off and it would go off by itself, you know, obviously it was like, whoa, why is it going off by itself? But like it didn't bother me at all. It's like kind of like, wow, like what if that is, you know, Sally seeing you and you know, she's just making trying to make contact with me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I didn't feel I didn't feel really scared about it. So maybe that maybe the maybe that was Sally because maybe I don't know. It's really. Thinking about things differently. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very We're interesting. Check her out. <laughs> no, it's very interesting. It really is. And it opens up a lot of possibilities. A lot of, uh... That was to say, there's a lot of, uh, spiritual doors that it kind of can... They kind of get opened up when thinking about this. Because, yes, it is a mass-produced snow globe. 
It's not like a one-of-a-kind divot box, you know, like that someone personally created. We're not saying that the snow globe was like Sally from um, the, you know, Abigail movies. Or Abigail, sorry, not Sally. Sally is from, um, it's a very famous haunting. Right, oh. Sally's house. In which um, Sally scratched the people that she was kind of tormenting. And she was a very aggressive and hostile entity, and many people were like, "She's a, she was a demon that that told people she was a little girl, but she really wasn't a little girl. She was like a demon." Right? Oh man! I know, right? Pretty hardcore. And um, we're not saying that was Sally. We're not saying that Sally. We're saying mm-hmm. Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. which is a much more pleasant and sweet and caring and loving. You know, a uh, thing. Right. And so, um, you know that that's what we're saying is that that spirit, that mood, that vibe, um, is what was manifested either through collective will, collective conscience, or you know some other supernatural mysterious um, source. Or, yeah, or it was me saying, don't let me leave, Murph. (laughs) 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 I I just think that um, that itself, because I saw, I saw the video. I saw the evidence. I saw the proof. You shared it with me. Yeah. I sure did. See? And I, I really meant when it was when it was like going off. I was like, I better get this on. Yeah, I better, I better get this on like video because, like, it's going off by itself. No, I and, mean, I, I, I was like, oh, wow. I was, I was watching it and and being like, this is something that you should put to like, you know, that that paranormal evidence. Uh, show that strange evidence show. Oh man! Where they show um, clips of the supernatural. Like if you put that on YouTube and everything as a ghost sighting, that that's you know that would have been epic. Oh wow! Yeah, that's true. Then think about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, like, you, you you knew you had to record it. Yeah, I had to get had to get up there because I literally woke up and like as soon as my eyes, you know. Adjusted. Separated, yeah. And I just just coming too. I heard, you know. No, exactly. No, no one could have. No one could have wound that up. Right. No one could have <laughs> shaken that up. I saw the the uh, intensity inside that kind of snow globe, and it yeah. was as if someone picked it up and shook it. Right, and then like the water's out of it and everything. Like there's nothing in there. It's just. It's like it got supercharged. Yeah. And it kind of like broke. It's, I know it sounds so weird to say it, but like, yeah, it's like if that snow globe, if the snow globe broke and it was able to kind of drain itself, that means something was physically moving either Amen. in it or against it. Or, yeah. That's, that's thing, true. Like, like purely physically wise, if someone, if something broke the seal. If something broke that barrier somehow and cracked that plastic, that means mm-hmm. some someone either grabbed it. Like you say, someone was either 
moving against it with some kind of force or moving inside of it with some kind of force. Right. So I'm like, whoever's over there is like hovering right over me. (laughs) And the fact that you still have them on your windowsill. Yeah. I I would would hide those in my closet. Why? 
Because they were haunted. Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're possessed. I have a whole lot of old objects that I give from the uh, Goodwill, from the vintage store. I have this rag doll. She looks like she's from, like, maybe the 60s or something. And then I, I, I go and I collect these weird, scary things because, and I hang them in my room because I like it. <laughs> I I agree with Zach Baggins that one of the creepiest creepier things is dolls and uh, haunted dolls being the creepiest version of a doll. <laughs> Not that I'm saying that I would palpably experience fear if I saw a doll. I'm not one of those people who like finds that sense of unnerving, uncanny valley in, like, a porcelain doll. Like, you know, people who are, like, all the porcelain dolls are, like, on the wall and they they start freaking out because, you know, they're just weird. Yeah. But I think dolls as a concept is bizarre. Like, I would never jive with that. Like, I don't think I would ever have one in my house. Not, like, not the fact that I would like shudder if I ever saw one, but the fact is I don't think I'd ever ever have something like that in my house. Because uh, do you have any? You don't have any little girls around ever at your house? No, that's that's the thing too. Uh, no, no, I'm in my thirties. That would be highly inappropriate. Okay, <laughs> that would be highly inappropriate. If I had any little okay. girls hanging out overnight at my house. Okay, and their dolls are just okay. Yeah, that's true. I have dolls in my house, and I don't have little girls. I just, I, I just like dolls. <coughs> that's what I'm saying. Like uh, that, that's something that, that's something that I would, I am free of, and I would not be interested in. <laughs> not that saying that. Um, and no, this is actually saying too. Even guy dolls, even like action figures and things. Yeah, I think that's also kind of weird and unnerving and i know it's weird because i also had like toys when i was a kid like action figures but those action figures in the box and stuff mm-hmm. that's like some weird toy story shit <laughs> <laughs> where like at night they come alive and your funko pops are like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly like, exactly like walking around at night like <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, I think that's actually one of the weirder things about modern culture, and um, it's just, it's just such a trip to think that adults have, like, toy collections. Yeah. And it's not a new thing, you know, I understand people collect things, like collectibles and everything collections, but, like, you know what I'm saying, if you have more than two anime figures. You have two too many anime figures. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I have a whole lot of toys. <laughs> well, <laughs> then, then I, I feel like I put you on the spot, and I didn't really mean to. It's okay. But you're a weirdo. Yes, <laughs> I am, so. You're a weirdo. It's okay. No. Um, no, but... Um, Thank you very much for sharing your your ghost experiences with us. No problem. Um, do you yeah, have, I have any any know. others that you would want to share? Or? Oh man, oh, gotta have another one. This one goes back to Las me in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's really quick. 
I was no just like laying, I was laying in my bed and I was waking up in the morning. I don't know what it is about me in the morning, but I don't know. I was waking up and I was like thinking that someone was in the room with me, like coming because like my bed was facing the window and like basically my door to come into my room was behind like my bed was behind the door so I didn't see you know I was I wasn't like facing my door at all so when someone would come in I would see my door open so when someone would come in like I could usually hear the carpet being the like their feet pressing down against the carpet and I can just kind of hear just the subtle movements and like the heavy the slow like low light breaths they would take you know, if they're trying to sneak up on me. And I felt that, like someone was trying to sneak up on me. And I, yeah. every time I think that... I, I've had that experience, like, like I said before, in the kitchen um, of the house I'm currently in, the house I grew up in. And oh. um, that, that's how it feels like. like that yeah. It feels in a very odd way, like an intangible way. The, the feeling of someone breathing close to you. Yeah. The feeling of true. when it gets warmer... When yeah. someone's like really close to you, and these are that feelings is... that you don't even know you like you 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 can express. I, I don't know. Um, it's like a sense, like you can sense. Huh? Yeah, like exactly. A... Like you didn't even know like you could sense it. Like, have you ever heard someone's knuckles popping without seeing it, and you know someone is popping their knuckles? Yeah. Like your mind's yes. eye can picture it. I know what you're saying. Yeah, because I've never heard someone that. eating a banana and then being able to taste that, like picture that banana. Like, like, you, like you know, like you can you can hear someone like, like you didn't know that these certain sounds can produce such a vivid picture in your mind. Right. Now yeah. instead of sounds, physical sensations. And and you can yeah yeah almost like you can feel it or something. Yeah, you, you like know, footsteps. You know, like, yeah. Like, I know. have you ever just paid attention to when people are walking around and like, you know, they, when they're not, they're not paying attention to how they, you know, like, like when they're, when they're busy, you can hear footsteps like boop, 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 right. boop, 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 right. you know, like when they're, when they're not even paying attention to their footfalls, like when they're oh. doing stuff like either cooking or going about their day right. and then you're in a situation where you know you're alone and you feel or hear that oh, man. in the background. That is a disturbing feeling. And I experienced that a lot in the military. Oh, wow. That was one of the weirder experiences because I was in my 20s. I was 23 when I enlisted and I was 27 when I got out, right? Yeah. So you felt that when you got out of the military? Well, I've had I've had these these hauntings, you know, exactly like I said, all my life, and these uh-huh. these though were experienced at a time when I was very skeptical. I was very hard nosed about you know shit, and I did not. I even though I had had these lifelong experiences, I was very much like, no, there's a rational explanation for everything. You uh, know, like I am a skeptic type thing. Yeah, I see. And and at the time. We would do these midnight to eight o'clock watches, right? Mm-hmm. And and being an, a sailor is being a watchman first, and and everything else second, right? So 
we would basically be kind of exhausted and going through the ringer of our days and A school and shit. Uh, this is after boot camp, but not like real um, active duty naval service. So it's like a very odd fugue state, right? Where it's like the second version of boot camp in like many ways. Okay. And the watch and was called was like the suicide watch because it was like it just killer, right? It just took a lot out of you because okay. it was midnight to eight, so you either had to wake up to do it in the middle of the night or stay up all day and all night to to kind of be ready for it. And it was just like a like a fucking ass kicking and a half to kind of go through a day a night of it and having multiple nights of it, you know. Um, I chose it because it was a good way to get, I'm not going to lie, like, uh, kiss-ass points. Mm -hmm. Because you were taking a hard duty that everyone knew was hard, and you were volunteering for it. You made other people's lives easier, and you showed that you were willing to be, like, you know, a team player. And that goes far. Yeah. That goes a long way in the Navy, right? People actually... You know, respected like that as someone who was just upwardly mobile and very ambitious. But I remember one time I was doing that, and I knew I was alone because I had just done a rove and, and gone down the hall I was at, and it ended in a dead end, right? And I was just basically, but there were windows at the dead end, okay. and so I walked down to this this second story hallway in the barracks to go look out the windows to see the lights. Because that was, like, a really good view, you know, like, just kind of to go see everything in, in killing time. And I'm looking out the window, and I hear footsteps of someone walking behind me. Oh, wow. a dead end. Oh, man. Right? Okay. And I'm like, what? Like, no, no way. Mm, wow. I would probably, like, But probably for that entire good. night... These footsteps would literally follow me wherever I went for like four hours straight where I would walk and it would be like where I would take a step and then this thing would take a step behind me like a half a second later. It's like interviewed the vampire. Wow. How? Well, just that one scene, because I was... Oh, yeah, like, I, I remember now. I was I was trying to remember the scene, yeah. I was trying to remember uh, it. I remember now. Yeah, no, it was it was absolutely... Creepy, man. Creepy. creepy. <laughs> and now you're right, like, the hairs were standing up on my arms and shit. Like, it was one of those things where you're like, what the... F-? Like, you didn't want to tell anyone, because obviously, you know, this was not the time and place for it. Yeah, because you have to be, like, strong because you're in the military. And I was trying to find a reasonable explanation for it, you know? Like, I was trying to... But that was like, say, you have to tell someone about it because that's kind of, like, the law of ghosts is that if something happens to you, you kind of have to, like, tell at least one person to kind of validate whether or not you should tell anyone else. And you, and you know that they might not believe you, so it's like, you know, you just gotta know that. They're not well, gonna... I told someone you. about it that I was kind of close with at the time, right? And uh-huh. someone who I'd kind of known for a little while, even though I didn't really know anyone here at, in that situation at all. And they said they saw and heard things during their watches at night. Mm-hmm. And that the barracks that we're in, 
apparently had a reputation for being haunted. So... So that takes you to the question, like, okay, what happened originally? Like, what happened? What happened there? Like, is there any origin stories of, like, why the ghosts, why these hauntings have been... You know, there's a lot of things that could explain that. I'm not sure if there ever was a real answer that was ever, like, deduced. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we we didn't treat it like a huge obsession. But it was one of those weird things, like... Um, there were a lot of hauntings and a lot of haunted buildings in the military and in the Navy. Um, especially the fucking Navy. And if you believe in stone tape theory, which is a theory that was, um, it's pretty modern that says that the materials that buildings are built out of record the, the energy of moments like a tape player uh-huh. and what you're seeing is history playing back to you because the very structure you're in itself is reverberating with those moments like stone or wood or steel and okay. if you believe in that theory, then it could be just as simple as there are so many people in those buildings that you're just bound to repeat, like hear something or see something out of the corner of your eye or something that's the building itself, because these buildings are really old. Uh-huh. And if you really break it down, though, it could have been anything, because there are a lot of individual tragedies that happen, um... People kill themselves. Like, suicide's pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um, People are killed. Murders do happen. Tragedies do happen. You know, accidents do happen. Um, Who knows? And that's what I'm saying. I could have been a lost airman, forever doomed to to walk around the barracks of Pensacola, Florida. That sucks. That's what I was saying, that it, it could be a conscious haunting, or it could be um, just the fact that history is repeating itself like a echo for as long as that building's going to stand. I believe so. I mean, I think this is, like, I think there is a continuous loop. I think there is a pattern, a certain <laughs> pattern for certain things. That is crazy. No, I mean, it really is. And it's like... The house that we live in right now, the building you're in right now, is going to replay your life the exact same way in the future. Wow. To someone. And you're going to be their ghost. No! (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, the footsteps that I was taking that night that were following me could very well have been my own in a manner of speaking because in the future my footsteps would be following somebody else. Oh man, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, What if it was a loop of a moment in time and so that you see a ghost while you're inside a building and in the future someone sees you 
as that ghost. And you also see yourself. It's just a loop, basically. Yeah, it's like 1408. I've seen that movie. That movie's badass. I love that movie. Best ghost movie, I think. Not, it's, it's hard to say a best ghost movie ever, but it's up there. Yeah, the best ghost movie ever was pretty much... I gotta think about it, I don't know. No, there's so many, and that's what I'm saying. There's so... It's not a subject which is... It, it is an extremely common, and every year there are dozens and dozens of ghost movies... And some of them are really good. Some of the best movies in history have been about ghosts. Really? In, in yeah, that's true. Now, like, speaking about um, really famous and fantastic ghost stories and ghost phenomenon experiences, um, I want to get into the second part of our show. Um which is the watching of the Jackie Hernandez poltergeist incident. Um, which is one of the most famous ghost cases ever, but which I think is actually criminally underreported. Yeah, because I'd never heard of it. Yeah, it, <laughs> I know it's weird. No, this I say it's one of the most famous because it has documented evidence they, from start to finish... Investigators were able to record. Um, this happened in 1989 to 1990, so it didn't happen in the ancient history books. You know, this wasn't. This is extremely modern. Oh they had, yeah. They had paranormal researchers from universities. They had um, a really famous um, ghost hunter from that era up here as well. Um, to kind of speak and do like the survey of the room. They recorded so many great photographs, one of which was actually presented in a magazine about photography that had never, ever before shown in its pages. It had been around for like a 100 years because um, it was just about photography, mm-hmm. a picture of a ghost. Uh. But, but they showed a picture from this haunting because that's how clear and good the evidence was. And it's fallen to obscurity. A a mere 30 years later. It's like I think people don't want to look at it because some... I know people, I know some people who are like, Oh, I know that the spiritual, there's a spiritual world, there are ghosts and that, you know, there's a metaphysical world that's functioning but I don't want to look into it like I don't want to like I don't want to be I don't want to see it like I don't want to ever see a ghost like they don't care even if they've seen something strange they won't even like I know people who won't even want to talk about it because they're like hey if I don't talk about it then I also think that it's one of those things where like UFOs which is my specialty and cryptids which is another passion project of mine no matter how good evidence is, or specific accounts, or expeditions, or events, or encounters, no matter how definitive certain events are, people generally only live um, with whatever is new. 
So yeah. within 30 years, I think that no one really... Is that no one who doesn't know about it looks it up. Because they, cause they're told that no evidence exists. And they're mm-hmm. always trying to find modern um, ghost sightings and things. Now this is kind of like a tragedy in the world at large where there's always, like, see, if you're looking up real ghost evidence, you will yeah. look up what's been going on in the last five years. You know, like, if there hasn't been any proof in the last five years. Uh-huh. Not 30 years, not 40, 50 years. Because okay. people have a bias, and they I don't think they really appreciate how good the evidence no, yeah, they don't care. is. <laughs> Well, yeah. in, in this specific case, you're going to see that someone was physically attacked by the ghost. That she went through hell. Jackie Hernandez went through living hell. And the story is very reminiscent to... Um, what was the story in England? I don't um, know if you know it. They made the movie... Um, the Punching Chew? Uh, the, it was it was the mother and she had daughters and the daughters were they the, they were like a poltergeist the crooked man the conjuring two I think conjuring two yes the conjuring two yeah that's why I said it's very much like that but it happened in America yeah see I believe that these things are man these things are surreal because mm-hmm. man. I, I know, I heard, I heard so there's things I want to say, but look, I'm realizing, okay, I would have to share personal information, but guys, it's the truth. I, I think it's absolutely the truth, too. I think that there was no uh, reason for her to hoax this. There was no ability of her to hoax this because of the amount of evidence and other eyewitnesses to the case. Mm-hmm. As well as to the absolute detriment to her life and... Um, her children's, you know, their well-being. At the same time, I think there also might be something to the fact that telekinetic... Oh, well, that's just a theory I guess I'll save for afterwards because let's just, I guess, watch it together and um, you can see what I mean. Because I um, guess we can stop it every five minutes, every ten minutes if you wanted to, like, look over and, and talk about the details. Okay, just a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm really a spiritual person, and I'm really, like, in, I'm really in tune with the things around me that I can't see. And, like, I don't know if watching this right now is going to help me go to sleep tonight, to be honest. It's actually done a really nice way. It's, it's actually a really good little video. Okay. I'll take, um... Uh... Full responsibility and pay for any sage that you have to burn. Okay. Uh, to cleanse your property uh, and your laptop or whatever. All right. But uh, do you have the link in front of you? The Think Anomalous. Yes, I do. So that's no right. Question. We're going to. I'm gonna have to plug that and you know tell everyone what it is. We're going to be watching a YouTube clip, which is a mini documentary about the Jackie Hernandez Poltergeist case. 1989 through 1990, as presented by the YouTube channel Think Anomalous. 
with 36,000 subscribers. So search that up. They can all oh, subscribe to them first, yeah. then watch the video and play along with the home game for everyone out there listening in Dreamland so that you can be part of the Cool Kids Club and be watching the Jackie Hernandez Poltergeist case 1989-1990 by Think Anomalous with me and Tara Ponder here. Yeah, I have that one IMDb some credit. Look me up. So, yeah. I have no IMDb credits. So don't bother looking me up. <laughs> Just like, don't bother Googling me because you won't find anything. Oh, uh, who knows? Right. You never know. So, uh, but do look up Tara Ponder. Do give her that that uh, ad traffic in, in that uh, booster popularity up. Go on her IMDb post scandalous rumors and behind the scenes trivia. Also, if you can go on my Instagram and add me or um, <clears throat> add me, so or follow me. That's yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Stay up with her stories and follow her through her adventures living in yeah. Southern California. Yep, being a California girl. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So, are you ready to hit play? No. <laughs> no. Let me go ahead and turn off the lo-fi for ghosts. This has been our background music, lo-fi for ghosts. Okay. All right. Let's check it out. Ready? One. Set. Two. Three. See, it's modern times. Yeah, this is modern, and but it somehow just—it just somehow misses being nowadays. Because see the real evidence. Yeah, Crazy, early right? activity. And she saw the shadow man too, like, and that reminds me of what you saw. That's true. Oh my god, it's that's it's some of these things are like. Right, she's only twenty-three years old. So she yeah. moved into a small bungalow in San Pedro, California, just outside LA. Man, experience too with the doors open and close yeah and you know as an adult when you close a door right exactly I know I know I'm like I so know when I shut the doors I'm like I hate yeah I'm, I'm way past the point where a door might swing oh wow she sees this old guy hanging out oh yeah he's yes I'm watching that right now she looks back and it's gone 
That's what. That's exactly how it feels. Like you just see like a random person. Yep. But this guy yep. was all fucking creeped out and shit. Yeah, he was, shit. Like he's in drugs. He's fucking evil. Yeah, he's a jugged out demon. Another day, just, just a head. A pudgy head with red eyes. That she starts inviting friends over, I think, is really important for this case, as well as she starts inviting investigators over almost immediately. Uh, that that helps out her story because you know as, that's why we know the story as we know it. Like I said, there's a lot of witnesses to this case. It's nowhere near like people think. Like it's ghost adventures level type shit. Like investigators showed up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can feel this. I can feel it. Usually, the ones that are the, the real, real deal, like they're not really publicized. They're not really like popular, like you know. And this is why I think it's weird, though. It's ironic that it's not popular because they filmed everything, and it's exactly it, like, there were teams of people inside this house. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's ironic that it's not popular because there is like you're seeing video evidence immediately. Sure. And it, it, they had talk shows and things. They didn't have the internet back then, though. I think that's a, that might be an important detail. That's true, because now all of us, we can say what we want, like what we feel immediately, and we can kind of get our word across. Well, this documentary only has 12,951 views, and it was released October 9th, 2019. Right? So in two years, only 12,000 people have watched this in the entire world. Like I said, it's somehow, like you said, obscure. Like, not, no one knows about it, and no one seems to be wanting to know about it. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I, I think it's one of the most important ghost cases, simply for the fact that you're watching. There are teams of people recording, and when they capture their evidence, you're going to see that it gets pretty intense. It's not just something going bump. It it attacks people. Like it's pretty crazy. Yeah. When it actually starts attacking people, then that's when okay, all right. These these ghosts are getting violent. They're not just trying to mm-hmm. say like Casper. Like, 
Next time, there is a rheumatic flashes of light and a large dark mass drifting across the roof of Dassault. Oh man, that place is heavily. The next morning, he claimed that he saw the apparition of a dead looking That's crazy. For those at home who, who aren't watching it, there was a light that moved across the video feed during the day. And wow. it was a red light. And now this now this orb of light is possessing a doll. Yeah. And now orbs of light are flying around the ceiling. Yep. Wait, that's some serious energy right there. And there are photographs of this, which is something I've been saying since it started. There are actual evidence. There's evidence of all of this, and now the house is sweating oil. See, I think. Oh, it's blood. <laughs> Never mind. It's blood. <laughs> the house is bleeding from the walls. Okay. Yeah, that house is heavily possessed. Yeah. Remember, Jackie Hernandez is 23 years old. For everyone who's just not watching along, the details are Jackie Hernandez is a 23-year-old uh, divorced mother of two. She living... looks 20, man. On September 1st, Jackie was awoken at night by something heavy pressing down on her face, preventing her from breathing. It's like sleep paralysis. She saw nothing, but smelled it over. Someone is getting literally almost killed. Oh my god. Mark appeared on her daughter's forehead. That the presence would target her kids crossed a line for Jackie. And by 3 a.m., she moved out for good. Yeah, I don't know how she was staying there with her kids. I really don't. Well, because it happened so quickly. Yeah. As I remember, she's a divorced mother of two, so she really moved there and they didn't all start. Well, within like a month, they, they had the cameras out there and everything. Oh my gosh, she didn't have any power. When he got up and went outside to the storage shed, Jackie watched as he stood there staring into the shed, coming back into the trailer. At this point, plume of smoke flew into the back of his head, and he started to attack her. Jackie fought him off until the smoke flew in the back of his head, disappeared, and now returned to normal. 
Holy that's shit. weird. That's weird. That's strange. So it followed her. Oh my god, it burned the mat it burned the bedspread. There are three singe marks in the shape of like a face. A dog face? Like a goat face, kinda. Like. Yeah. There's a face on the TV? It came in the TV. Oh my gosh. So oh, it possessed like an object or something. That's what, yes, like your case where they possessed your, your snow globe. Yeah. Holy shit, she's freaking out. I forgot too. Fucking shit. Just seeing lights at the Ouija sessions. That's never good. No. So they did what was that's... logical and they grabbed a Ouija board. God, that's because I think that opens up more. Exactly. <laughs> Is that a bomb? Is that a bond? Yeah. No, candle, okay. I was going to say, like, well, even in snow, I guess if you're communicating with spirits, might as well spark up. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. Situation that's very serious. Oh, maybe Sam? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Sam Hain. Oh, that could be. Oh, that's yeah, Sam Hain. SMH, that's crazy. You picked a guy up and threw it across the. That's see, that's weird that you don't hear too much about the story because they've asked so many photographs of a case where the guy got picked up and thrown across a room. I think that this is going to put where I think that if the government they don't want to lose control and if you know if they they let us know that there's other that the world is not what we think it is, then they'll lose control. I don't even think the government knows too much about it yet, to be honest. Like, this is stuff that 
I think that only like certain cults and stuff like occultists know about look at that that's crazy shit like what is is that like some kind of like orb yeah it's a spectral orb so is that the ghost or is that like some kind of uh, protoplasm or I don't know. Like yeah, what are the orbs at that point? Because they say they they see a guy. They say that it's a guy. Is that supposed to be a, a, like? What? Scissors under the pillow. That was, that's actually kind of disturbing. That's like American Horror Story weird. Yeah, scissors on the pillow. That's that's actually in, in a way kind of one of the more disturbing things in the case. <laughs> well, See, the orb enters you, and then like makes you evil. Yeah, or pushes you, possesses your body. Yeah, possesses your body. She looks so exhausted. She does. Like, as I was saying, she's only 23? Yeah. I mean, right there, she's probably like a little older, but man, when she was, man, like stressed out. She saw the same apparition of a Jackie saw the same red flannel shirt pants. At the time, she was staying at her boyfriend's place, but had never heard of Jackie. 'll stay long well I wonder why because they said the house itself is haunted why would the ghost follow her that's true unless it was some kind of demonic activity but you said there was so much evil in that attic that Right, and it has so much exposure. Yeah, it's crazy. In 1997, Conrad produced and directed a documentary on the events called An Unknown Encounter. And 12 years later, he published a book by the same name. They're probably going to make a movie. This book remains the fullest account of the Tab also included a chapter about the pieces. Aliens above, ghosts below. Sci-Fi's paranormal witness interviewed the primary witnesses, dramatized some of the events. The case is exceptional with books, hauntings, and poltergeists for the extended duration the sheer number of events. All the evidence. That's some fucking crazy shit. 
It's just a lot of evidence. That was a rod. They just showed a video segment of a rod flying across Jackie Hernandez's face as she gave an interview, and they showed different experts now analyzing the photographs. Yeah, that's the photo that they showed in an actual photography magazine that, that shows only legit photographs, right? Yeah. So it was the you know, only ghost photo they had ever shown in their history. It's been like 100 years. Maybe Stephen King got it right. Maybe it's the lights. Maybe maybe The dead lights? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it could have been some kind of... Well, it does have some kind of vampiric like aspect to it, doesn't it? I'm glad you saw that, too, exactly. Like It does have some kind of weird... Like I said, this is something that seems to be too demonic, like Son of Sam. Yeah, it's something otherworldly. They're saying now that somebody died of drowning? Yeah. See, this is what I was saying, is that they are saying now that it was psychokinetic energy and that she was actually the telepath that was... That's a fucking crazy photo. Did you use that photo? Yeah. With the, the, the guy hanging upside down? Yeah, don't like that much at all. <laughs> that shit was fucking disturbing. Don't really like that at all. Like, but, you know. They're saying that Jackie Hernandez had mind powers. She was like Jean Grey. And that all these people were tricked, not tricked, but they they were all mistaken by um, Jackie Hernandez's mind powers. Mm. Well, that's weird that that you're saying that because I have. Well, people in my family have something like this thing going on. That's why I was asking you if it was a tulpa, because maybe you psychologically created it inside the uh, snow globe. I wouldn't. That would be really cool. I mean, I guess so, because I mean, I I, I feel like I've done things. Unconsciously before. It's not able to control it. I know my mom has moved things with her with her eyes before. And there you go. That's the Jackie Hernandez case. That wasn't so bad. One of the most famous cases of ghost hauntings. One of the most celebrated uh, cases because of the number of experts and outside witnesses to that event. Jackie Hernandez herself was only 23. She's still alive. She's still in California. Although she has mostly gone under the radar and become more anonymous in her life. Kind of get away from all the press. Yeah, because, you know, you know, just... Probably bringing that up also probably could kind of restart some things from happening. So she's probably like, you know what, I'm gonna be west and not in that mess. Well, you know? saw that. Uh, you saw that she was on TV for about ten years afterwards. Yeah, and I think like, that's enough. You know, like you know, she's told her story, and exactly, it's not like she did not 
do everything that she could right. to give evidence and, and invite people to see it as well. She did not hold back from she having did. others there. Like, she invited That's... everyone. Her ex-husband had a sighting with her. Like, you know, he was possessed at one point. Oh, man, she yeah. she moved from that house. And she's she still had... experiencing it. Yeah, and, and, and she had that ghost hunting team there with the equipment. That guy was attacked, and he was, like, hung up on the ceiling. Yeah, some strange happenings, for sure. That one guy was thrown during the Ouija board session. Because he, cause he was in the likeness of his killer. That's some crazy hardcore interaction right there with ghosts, or with that one singular ghost, that one intelligence. That's true, yeah. Oh, yeah. And even though they keep trying to say it was the the man who was drowned, or that old man, I think it has something to do with demons, because... Uh, yeah. How, right, how would just a single person be that powerful, and why would they be so malevolent and bear a grudge against a single mother like Jackie Hernandez, who didn't really do anything wrong to them? Or yeah, yeah. Or it could be something we can't explain. And you saw the lights. The lights were following her. That was clear evidence that was not debunked by experts. In fact, it was verified by all those experts. So what do you think of the evidence? Oh, yeah, I think the evidence is true because I have to say um, I experienced when my dad died. My mom saw before, before like, the news about my dad pass, passing was spread to her. She saw lights flickering off and then um, she heard, you know, she heard his voice and anyways, uh, we got a call that he died. And so, wow, you know, that that's true. And then also another story, my mom, so my mom, she's really into, you know, she's really, um, she's really deep too and real heavy. It's really, uh, spiritual and I am too also, I can feel things. And so I feel like the Jack Hernandez case all the evidence and all the proof um, coming from a person who experienced paranormal activity. Oh, yeah. That definitely. It's like, it's some of that stuff is hard to watch. And I was kind of scared. I didn't know what to expect for this video, from this video because I've experienced, like, some stuff. My family has experienced some things. And, you know, we still have. I, I experience things all the time in this house. But... You know, sometimes I even say, you know what, hey, I'm not having it, I'm not, not today, like, not today, I'm not going to deal with it today, I'm just going to, like, live my life, I'm not going to even, you know, because like, I hear it right now, like, you hear things popping right now in my garage, so, like, the thing is, yeah, so, I think that Jackie Hernandez case is 100% true and real, and the evidence is, like, spot on, and, like, I believe it, because I know I go through it, and I experience it, still, all the time. So. Yeah, I, I think as someone who has not experienced something at that level, but has experienced things themselves, but also someone who, if you were expecting to, if you need evidence, if you need somebody, if you need something more than just an account or an eyewitness statement, 
like actual photographic evidence or other eyewitnesses to to collaborate with it. Mm-hmm. This case has a shocking amount of great evidence. Oh yeah, dozens and dozens of photographs, dozens and dozens of videos. Um, the I this the big controversy typically is surrounding the the event where the man was strung up on the attic rafter by his neck. And That's that crazy. draws a lot of heat. People fight tooth and nail um, to prove why that was fake and why he did it himself. Oh, you know, and how think- he could have done it himself and things. But he didn't have anything to gain by it. And the, the ghost sightings were before that by a significant margin. Like, it was happening days and days before that. She had started to record it previously to that. That wasn't, like, the thing that started the case. That was the thing that made her move out of the house. But she had already taken photographs of the lights. You know, the little little balls of light. Yeah, the orbs. Like, I've seen an orb. Yeah, I've seen an orb, man, in person. I have seen a lot of orbs in in person, but it's here's the weird thing. So, if the orb is larger than like a larger than like a basketball, it's like a UFO. But okay. if it's smaller and inside your house, it's like a ghost. Like you get how it's kind of like weird. Like if you see them in the sky, they're like UFOs. But if you see them in your house, they're ghosts. Yeah. What, okay. What is up with those orbs? Yeah, I've seen a nose orb. It was like smaller than a small, smaller than a basketball in my house. I have seen a number of them uh, as UFOs. One was, I used to drop my girlfriend off at her job at like four a.m. And, it, wow. was, and it was a significant because you know she was a phlebotomist, so she would start her day like super early in the first you know the morning shift. And um, I saw an orb the size of a basketball floating over the adjacent streets. You know, like, I could see it over the rooftops. And it was just kind of like floating, like a balloon. Oh, man, just hanging out there. You sure it wasn't a light or anything? It was 4 a.m. No, exactly. It was street light level, but it wasn't a street light. It was in the middle of the road, basically. It looked like it was... You know, just moving across, like, moving down the street. And and I just couldn't deal with it when I saw it. And I could have stayed and saw it for longer, but I just went inside. I know that sounds just, weird. Like, there's, like, some kind of, like, I've been trying to explain it, why I didn't video it. I had my phone, why I didn't stay and see it, why I wasn't, like, more alarmed by it. But I kind of remember just watching it and kind of being, like, this is something I shouldn't be seeing. And I just, like, went inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like, it's it's like that. It's like you're just, like, looking at it, and you're, like, kind of paralyzed by it. And, and sometimes, like, I'm not going to say it's fear, because it's, like, you, you're just shocked, I guess. Yeah, I, I've thought about it, and I was like, what if that was, like, missing time? What if that was, like, a screen memory? Like what if what if I actually did get abducted that night? It was 
a very odd thing. I've also seen like them fly in formations. I said like it, you see orbs in the right setting, it's a UFO like issue. But if you see orbs inside your house and they're small, then possible ghosts. Maybe it's the same kind of force. Maybe UFOs are spirits. That's true. That I've had said that to my mom. Like maybe aliens are like maybe spirits are aliens. That's the thing I've I've often um, theorized and worked inside of and worked with with channeling um, extra dimensional beings, extraterrestrial intelligences. Is that what we consider the spirit world? is really just another type of, like, reality that we just can't see, but we, you know, it's real. It's as real as anything else, but we just can't see it. We can't interact with it, typically. It's outside of our range. As Our dimension? Yeah, maybe? it's outside of our dimension, you know? It's just a different dimension. And it, that doesn't make a lot of sense until you start seeing things like this, where yeah. the evidence is clear that there's some kind of energy. Some oh, definitely, kind, yeah. Like, you saw the energy swirling around her, her, her kitchen and, and going into the roof around the light and stuff. Yeah. And that's um, why I was asking like, whether or not the energy is the actual ghost or the energy is, like, the... Her. Yeah, exactly. Like, they even suggested it was her. She yeah. had telekinetic abilities. Which maybe that maybe it maybe it's a little bit of everything and her mind powers and our mind powers maybe we see ghosts because we're psychic and we have psychic abilities. Or here maybe can I just say maybe I have I have a theory of my own maybe we see yeah. um maybe we see you know someone. Maybe maybe it's someone from our former life. That would be crazy. And in the case of Jackie Hernandez, I hope that that's actually not the case because that guy looked pretty evil and cruel. That's true. He's like following her. Like that's, that's kind of... He did follow her. He did seem to have an obsession with her. No, you're absolutely right. He did seem to be stalking her and attacking her. Yeah. Oh, man, that's another dimension to it. Maybe it was yeah, somebody yeah. in their past life. That's true. It's like, you know, you'll never leave me. I love you. Yeah. That's you know? Yeah, that's fucked up. Right? That's, that's like, that's like, that's like a domestic violence to another level. Well, that's like saying that all the ghosts that we encounter were, were figures in our past lives. True. And that's some pretty heavy stuff. Like, everything that we're seeing could, like I said, could be ourselves. And we are actually the ghosts that we're seeing. Obviously not in the Jackie Hernandez case. Because she saw an old man and, like, two different kind of old men. Yeah. At the same time, if they were, like... I've also heard a lot of other, like, crazier theories than that. Like, um... What we think are ghosts are actually types of, like, vampires that are feeding off our fear. And, like, the Babadook kind of thing. Oh, I uh, that movie's creepy. Also about a single mother. 
Yeah. That's what I'm trying to make okay. the connection is that that could be like one of those Babadook type things. Wherever she um, went, it kind of followed her. Yeah. And it was um, kind of just kind of trying to make her scared. Yeah. Like, that movie just, yeah, I don't like that movie. <laughs> exactly. That movie's kind of creepy in its own right. Um, I would say it's it's a good movie. I, it's, a, it's a good movie. I like it. I, I remember liking it when I watched it. It's not like people said it was, but it's definitely good. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's like, it's definitely a good movie, but it's not like the best thing, like the best horror movie to come out of Australia, I believe it was. Um, yeah, because they had an accent. I do remember that. Yeah, like, I remember people were just like, The Babadook's the best ghost movie ever made, and it was like, it's a solid ghost movie, don't get me wrong. But like we said before at the beginning of the show, there are so many good ghost movies. So many actually solid, solid, like, both cinematic experiences where, like, you, you're watching a good movie and really good ghosts, like, horror from Poltergeist to, um, you know, um... Exorcist. That's a good one. Oh, Crimson Peak. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good one. I mean, exactly, there are just so many good artistic expressions. The Others. That's yeah, a great they're... one. Um, this, exactly, like, Six cents. Oh, that's classic. Exactly. Like, there's so, so many. It's not a subject that has been missed by Hollywood. Yeah. But I do think it's a subject that real life ghost enthusiasts and ghost um, investigators, uh, like, like you said, that think anomalous, and not like, like, that Think Anomalous YouTube video that we just watched had 12,000 views. So people are watching it. They're like... But not really that many. That's a, that's a, that's nothing, really, compared to the hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views that other people get. You would How many subscribers? Oh, that's true. I'm just saying, like, you would think a case with this much notoriety and this much exposure previously would be something that everyone knew about. Like, something that, like... I personally think it's a reason why they, why it's not popular, or... Because, I know me, I, I know how real these experiences are, and I experienced them, and so, not to that, you know, extent, but, like, I've experienced, you know, situations where, like, well, okay... There's definitely some unseen force here. There's more that meets the eye to this and to every ghost experience. I I just think they don't, like, think that one's not popular because, like I said, I just feel like no one wants to really, like, kind of, like, I think everybody kind of knows, but it's like, I I didn't want to click on the the video. I kind of even wanted to, like, kind of, like, kind of avoid it, but I was like, oh, man, we're watching it. That, you know, we're doing the show. So I, I even personally wouldn't, I guess the, the reason why there's no views is because people kind of don't want to, like, look at it because it's too real. <laughs> they want to kind of push underneath the rug and not... No, you're right. You know? You're absolutely right. And I think that's a big case, too, is that a, a reason why you're right. Probably a, a number of people have chosen to kind of move past it or to kind of ignore it is 
a defensive thing because it has so many trigger warnings. You know, it, it is very mm-hmm. triggering. Yeah. To to anyone who has had any kind of experience like this in the past. Yeah. Because it is, like I said, so real. Just absolutely so real. Now, no, we've already been speaking for a little bit over two hours now. And uh, the conversation, like I said, could not have been better. Um, uh, yeah. I thank you, you sincerely, uh, Tara Ponder, for sharing your ghost experiences with me. I know that's something that is very private for you and that, you know, this is a great honor to to kind of have that conversation with you. But it's also yeah. something that I think that you knew a lot about and that you were kind of the perfect person to have this conversation with. Definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely the perfect person because I've had so many experiences and, like, even more, like, I can tell you later on. Mm-hmm. Day. Well, I hope that that day uh, comes sooner than later because I know you were busy. We are all busy with life, but I would definitely love to have you back uh, on if you ever had a free moment to kind of talk about ghosts or a different kind of paranormal and supernatural sightings. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But I would actually think a series where we talked about um, really interesting and famous ghost cases like the one... Jackie Hernandez case that we just watched oh, that yeah. are obscure, even though they have a lot of good evidence. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of dope. That would be pretty tight. That would be. I, I definitely would like to know about more because I honestly, this one, didn't really know until you brought it to my attention. I didn't know about it. So, yeah, that'd be cool to know about other, other hauntings that I never heard about. And likewise, exactly. Like I am always a um, a uh, open minded individual when it comes to these kinds of things. I always have my eyes open about it and and kind of like my feet on the ground. So if I ever come up with like um, I already have some in my mind we could talk about, but it, I'll kind of like compile them. And if I ever find anything, obviously mm-hmm. it'll be the first one to know about. You know the developments in the ghost hunting world, basically. Cool. Because, like I said, I know a lot of um, the different types of, um, you know, different types of stories themselves. So there's these different levels, you know, exactly the different levels of ghost hunting. From yes. like you know just the the urban legend to the like this one, actual documented real life cases. Yeah. And of course, you know, like, exactly, like I'd only, I'd only int- be interested in like watching the, the really, really interesting ones like we just saw. And, you know, but I would consider it an absolute honor. I would consider it an absolute thrill uh, to watch those videos with you. I would That's, definitely like to be a part of that. That'd be cool. Thanks for having me again. And No yeah. problem. No problem. Absolutely. And that, you know, so everyone out there in Dreamland, um, just a reminder, you've been listening to um, Rumors of Instinct, the Rumors of Instinct podcast with Tara Ponder as a special guest, speaking about ghost encounters, personal ghost experiences, and oh, yeah. Jackie Hernandez Poltergeist case from 1989 to 1990. We watched it together, and 
you know, shared our experiences. I couldn't have asked for a better conversation or the greater guest. Oh, thanks so no much. Problem. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Check out my link tree to find my social media accounts. Um, but to be honest, my social media flagship, the one I spend the most time on and actually like the most personally is Instagram. So at rumors of instinct, all one word. Um, to find me to, for notifications on new episodes as well as daily uploads of personal art that I create um, that's relevant to my subjects as well as me reposting and sharing memes that kind of follow and track my thought progress. Um, you know, it's just a daily window into into my uh, creative process as a um, multimedia kind of creator. And this this platform itself, you know, the Rumors of Instinct podcast platform itself, it is the official Instagram account for it. So check out that. Consider supporting me on my Patreon. Consider supporting me on my PayPal, which will be listed in the link tree and on the Instagram. Um, it's it's patreon.com slash the Rumors of Instinct podcast. You know, I kept it simple for everybody. For as little as a dollar, you start getting access to um, exclusive content as well as abilities to directly, you know, join live chats, which are exclusive to Patreon. And then the higher tiers get access to um, rough cuts of documentaries I'm creating and, uh, you know, insider stories and news about um, the things I'm working on, the projects I'm I'm currently, you know, uh, producing. So thank you all. Your support means the world to me. It motivates me. Thank you so sincerely. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Tara Ponder, thank you very, very much for being on. And you speaking too. about uh, the uh, paranormal and the supernatural with me. Thanks for having me again. No problem. Absolutely. You guys have a great, well, I guess you would call it, um, a great time out there in dreamland. Yeah. yeah. All right. Rumors of instinct out.